Is Luis Castillo still the ace of the Seattle Mariners? And is it time for the Mariners to make a big trade for a star shortstop? All that and more in this episode of the Hit It Here podcast. It's Wednesday, May 17th, and we're going to be talking about all that and more with my co-host, Joe. Joe, how are you? I'm good, man. I, you know. I don't care. Anyways, right. so Luis Castillo, he's been pretty, pretty bad recently. His ERA is now up above 3.3, and then I think it's in his last, like, five or so starts he's been just bad what do you think about Luis castillo just dookie he was living too much in the middle of the plate is is some of the the immediate criticisms that i have i will say tonight i'm i'm gonna put a little bit of the blame on scott service i think for the first time in my my regime here on on mariner mojo i might put a little blame on scott service sure you know, Mariners battled back. It was one big inning. You give up back-to-back doubles. You got to yank that dude. Because they're seeing him again. It's the it, At that point, I think it would be the third time through the order. It, that is most notoriously the time where guys are going to start teeing off. We did it against Tanner Houck the day before. The, the guys that were at the plate were starting to see Castillo again. Get him out of there. You had a good day from George yesterday. You have a day off on Thursday to rest your bullpen if you need to, if a bunch of guys get used after Marco in today's game. You yank Castillo after back-to-back doubles from Verdugo and Yoshida because he's living too much in the middle of the plate and didn't have it, got rattled. It's one of those things where, yes, Castillo didn't have it, and he's been bad the last couple times out. But Scott should have had the foresight to yank him. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think it's after the doubles because in between innings, what was it, first inning and, like, what was that, the fifth? Or something like that. Yeah. He looked good. He looked like, you know, relative, like, vintage Luis Castillo. Mm-hmm. But what we've seen out of him for basically the whole month of May now is, like you said, living right in the middle of the plate. And he's been getting hit around because of it. And I'm not sure. I don't know how to look at that. As Mariners fans, we've never had a time in his short time here that we've been like, what's going on with Luis Castillo? What do we do? How does he get himself back to mm-hmm. the guy that we saw at the end of last year in October of last year? And for Luis Castillo specifically, May is actually, in his career, his worst month. Yes. I think he has like a 4.68 ERA in the month of May throughout his career, which is the highest of any month. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, that uh, every time it turns to May, he's going to be bad. But it's kind of what it's looking like right now. Yeah, it's hard to not. I mean, it's justified through the numbers. It's It's one of those ones where it happens continuously enough where... All right, maybe his first month after getting fully ramped up, I think, is where the biggest struggles happen. I think I saw this same – if this is from you – coming from you, a tweet that you saw on Twitter. That's where you find tweets. It was detailing Castillo's worst months, basically. And, you know, what you're saying about May is correct. It was the common factor in there. But it's also, like, certain times at he gets starts later in the year, like he didn't start until June one year. His worst month was July. So it's like the year, not the year, the month after he gets going has been traditionally his worst month. And I have his stats from baseball reference for his career in the month of May. 4.69 ERA. His next highest is 4.17. Nice. In August. So you're not wrong. He starts off good. 3.85 April, March. Jumps up a whole point in May. How does he get it fixed? I'm not ready to press the panic button yet. No, and I'm not either. And it could be a very simple, like, hey, you know, the month that he gets ramped up, teams are seeing him now. They, they're they understanding how he's attacking their hitters. 
and they're adjusting to him and then the next month he adjusts back you know and i don't know if it needs to take a whole month for either of those things to happen <laughs> yeah. on one way or another mm -hmm. but you know where there's smoke there's fire and we've seen that he's been bad in may like you said the, after the first month he's not been traditionally great i don't think there's any reason to worry about luis castillo it'll be interesting to see what this means because a lot of times we've seen guys do really bad and they end up going on the injured list and for luis sure. castillo i think he's gone on the injured list at least once every single year of his career yeah. i don't know that for sure he but started I just feel last like he's a guy year. that's hurt yeah, yeah. He, he started last year on the injured list as well so and i just he's just a guy that i feel like gets hurt every single year so could there be a time coming where Luis Castillo's hurt? I don't know. I, who's to say? Maybe I he's pitching not. hurt. I'm not going to claim that he's pitching hurt. I'm not saying he is. Yeah. But if if history is to repeat itself, that that's in the back of your mind right now. Yeah, that's always that's what I'm thinking. I think something that would lead me away from that is his velo was good tonight because yeah. that was something. I mean, Goldie was all about George Kirby's velo in the first game. Oh, hitting 97 right, looking pretty good. And then same thing tonight. We're talking about Castillo's velocity out the gate was solid. Yeah, he got batted around, like, you know, got batted around in the first bit, but his velo was good. So I don't know if it's an injury thing. I get what you're saying, though, with that, you know, it's just, you know, in the back of your head. I will say his first couple opponents, like looking at like his starts, right, where he's been good, he's been bad. His last three, Red Sox, Rangers, Astros, I'd say are pretty tough opponents looking at it for this year. The Astros, maybe not as much. They haven't been as good this year, but we know the Astros. They're they're dudes. They're going to go out there and put up a fight, especially against your ace. The Rangers have been one of the best offenses in baseball, put three up on Castillo. The Red Sox somehow just managed, they just know how to hit a ball. So I, I it might be an opponent's thing where... He is just, you know, getting some bad luck here and there with like the lineups that he's facing. If he goes out and shoves in his next game, his next, you know, appearance, I'm not sure who it's going to be against. Pretty sure it's against the Oakland A's. So, so yeah, and you know, he's had his problems in Oakland before. I know it's in Seattle this time, but I don't expect any glaring issues against Oakland. Knock on wood, because now he's going to go get shelled. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, overall. I think that George Kirby might be your ace right now. And I don't think maybe it's not even a might. George Kirby is your ace right now. He has mm -hmm. what, like seven straight uh, quality starts, I think it is. And he looked incredible against the Boston Red Sox in Fenway, which the Red Sox are already a good hitting team. And then you put them in whatever that ballpark is. And <laughs> those dimensions, you know, whack the, the weirdest dimensions on a baseball field in the history of the game. Well, I don't know. What was that one called? The uh, polo like grounds? The polo grounds. Those are, that's the one. Yeah. That's some you didn't remember right the polo there. grounds off the top Man, of your head? Man, I was going to call it Sheeb Park. I don't uh, remember. Sheeb. Anyway. But in that first inning, going back to this start from Castillo, we saw an error from Colton Wong. Dude. Now, I personally never saw it because I was at work. Can you explain it to me? So, it's a broken bat single. Air quotes around single for Alex Verdugo. I was doing something while I was watching the game. So I didn't really fully see it, and I missed the beginning part of the game. But I saw the little replay right before, like, of the next batter, and then it's showing it. It just looks like he dogs the ball, right? He's not hustling to the play. He's not making an effort to try and get Verdugo out. He's just fielding the ground ball very, like, lax, and then throws it on over. 
and Verdugo's safe. So it's it's an error, but it's not a fielding error. It's not a throwing error. It's just like it's a commitment error, it feels like. He just didn't try it, looked like. And it's just weird because that's not something I feel like you see from Colton Wong. He talked about him and J.P. Crawford being those guys up the middle like that make those good hustle plays and go all out for the ball. That was like in the little presser that they did. And he goes out there and just doesn't fully put 100% effort to get out your the leadoff guy who's batting left-handed, who can run well. Go out and make the play. Don't wait for the ball to come get you. You go attack the ball and get him out. And then, you know, snowball effect. Yeah, and it's so strange because the, the, the offensive woes for Colton Wong have been well-documented, yes. obviously, so far in Seattle. But he's been someone who, uh, last year, he was not very good defensively. But throughout his career, he's been pretty good defensively. And I went back and watched some of his highlights when he was with the Cardinals defensively. Dude was good. He was really good. Like, mm -hmm. really, really good. And I don't understand how he went from that to being, all of a sudden, a pretty below-average defender at second base. I think that offensively, he's not good no he's never been great offensively throughout his career but he's been consistent he did he hit a year, double today he did hit a double today and that's true and maybe and he looked like before before he injured his wrist that he was starting to you know figure it out a little bit at the plate and then he injured his wrist and who knows how much that's affected any sort of sure uh time at the plate but defensively he's always been a guy who's been pretty decent and this year i mean before today or yesterday he only had one air credited to him yeah and now he has two, mm -hmm. but there have been plenty of times where you can look at the guy and say, that's an error. It doesn't, doesn't show up in the scorebook as an error, but that is an error on yeah. that guy. Diving and, play where he doesn't make the stop or, you know, something, a drop ball from a throw from JP. You know, there's, there's mm -hmm. been moments where you go on Mariner's Twitter and you will find the pitchforks, the tridents, yeah. if you will, pointed at Colton Wong. So... Should Jose Caballero be the starting second baseman for now? I was surprised that Caballero was not in the lineup today. An 0 for 5 on a 10-run night, I think, spells a day off for me. If I'm Scott Service looking at Colton Wong, yeah, it's a righty on the mound again. It's Nick Pavetta. We're not seeing a lefty where if you're trying to do matchups, it's just not going to happen. If Wong is in the starting lineup again tomorrow, I will be that's today. If Wong is in the starting lineup today for this final game against the Red Sox, I will be very shocked. You guys will already know the lineup by the time you're hearing this. I think. Maybe not, actually. Because it's a 4 o'clock yeah, game. 4 o'clock game. Oh, probably not. Two bad games in a row. You gotta see the bench. I'm sure with that, is gonna rise to the occasion. Probably get a hit. Make a nice play over at second. And can, he's slowly, I think, gradually earning more of the second base spot. I don't know if Colton Wong's days are starting to dwindle. You know, they're they're being numbered. But when you're you're not providing anything for the team, it's hard to keep you in the lineup. Yeah, and obviously, you know, he's a guy that you have ten million dollars committed to. Mm -hmm. But like you said, if he's not providing anything offensively or defensively, he has zero place on this roster. I don't care how much money you're getting paid. I think that offensively he had that double like you said in the first game where he went over five over five he did drive a ball to center field that in a sure. normal park may have gotten out that instead of having that weird tall wall but mm -hmm. i'm not sure are you talking so, about the sack the what could have been a sack fly later in the game or earlier i don't remember okay because there's a long there, time ago there, there was a long time ago there's a moment bases are loaded 
when position player pitching was happening and Wong drives one out. And no, Gino, okay, so yeah, Gino's on third, very easily could have tagged, doesn't tag because it's 10 to 1. Little bit of gentleman's there. Right. I saw people on Twitter saying, oh, they should have let Gino score. It would have been, you know, to build Colton Wong's confidence back up. I don't think a sack fly is going to do it. He knows no. it's a sack fly. It's not like he, like, grooved the ball and got a double down the line and they, you know, went station to station and kept everyone, you know, one base at a time. It was a fly ball. He knows what he did. Just don't get a run out of it because it's 10 to 1. And no, and no his batting average, though, you know? I guess. It yeah, doesn't count as an at-bat. I guess, but his batting average is already abysmal. It's true. Yeah, an 0 for 4 looks better than an 0 for 5, but I don't and think an it's an, I don't sure, and an RBI. I just don't think it saves the the day for him as a lot of people were saying. Yeah, no, I agree with that and I also think that Caballero should start this last game and he should start for a while now. I think that it's coming to a point now. And I've been a pretty big Colton Wong defender, true. not just because we share the same first name even though his is spelled wrong not because we share the same first name mm-hmm. i just think that the 10 years that we've seen of colton wong in this league are a better indicator than the month and a half two months that we've seen of colton wong as a mariner but with that being said could have said the same thing for jesse winker could have said the same thing for adam frazier mm-hmm. if you're the mariners you don't have time to wait anymore for yeah. these guys to figure it out that's why this is this was a make or break year for jared kelnick and we've seen how good he's been and therefore dude's probably going to stick around. But if Jared Kelnick was still bad, I would not have been shocked to see him gone this year yeah. at all. Because as the Mariners, your window is now. You yes. cannot wait for one of these guys to figure it out. And I think that that move might need to be made here in the next month or two to maybe acquire someone to play second base. I don't think that Jose Caballero is the answer, the long-term answer sure. at second base. But there is someone who very well may be on the trading block from the Chicago White Sox. Hmm. Uh, transition, transition. Uh, that might make sense for the Mariners. And that is Tim Anderson. Did you see? I did. When he was talking to Jose Abreu. What did you think of that? So I might have bias in this situation where I see the tweet. I'm like, what's this about? And I, I know what the tweet is insinuating where the quote is, I hate it here. Is it what it looks like he says? It looks like that's what he mouths. And we don't know what he says because we're not Tim Anderson. We're not Jose Abreu. We're not the first base umpire. We're not, you know, the White Sox first base coach. We're not the FBI listening. One of those ones where it's just, we can't tell. All we can do is trust the lip readers of the internet. Mm-hmm. And I'll be damned if he didn't say, I hate it here. <laughs> because they yeah. got it right with Alec Bohm last year. That when, is true. When he made those errors, he goes, I hate it here, or whatever he said. They got it right. 100%. Because he pretty much laid it out in interviews later. Like, yeah, yeah like, you know. That's I, exactly what he said. That's yeah. exactly, you know, that happened. But we're we, we good now. I don't think it's going to be good now for the White Sox and Tim Anderson. No, because the White Sox are god-awful yes. at baseball. Yeah, it's they not suck. him individually being bad like it was for Alec Bohm in that situation. It is the organization. It is the team. It is whatever's going on on the inside that is making it hard for him, and it's making it hard for the entire team. I think, I mean, Tony Larusa was just the, the the tip of the iceberg, it feels like. Yeah. And yeah. It... Good. I was just going to say, I don't know what his future looks like. Yeah, and I think the 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 situation was that he was on first base. There was a somewhat 
pass ball on Martin Maldonado and they and the fans were booing Tim Anderson because he didn't take second base on the pass ball. Mm, okay. He's getting booed by the fans of the of the baseball team that he's been so good for for so long. Sure. And I don't if, if he was to say so the lip readers were saying he's either saying I hate this place now or I hate the pitch clock. Those are the two things that people were reading out of it. Sure. In interviews, they were saying that he said he hates the pitch clock. But with everything else going on... Could him be getting, just a good cover. <laughs> yeah, as I say, with him getting booed by his hometown bands and all this other stuff, it makes more sense that he would have said, I hate this place now, to Jose Abreu, a guy who used to play for the Chicago White Sox and knows and left the Chicago White Sox. Their buds. Knows what it's like to play for that team. I wouldn't want to be there either. I would hate that place too if I was playing baseball for them. And A, they're booing me because I didn't take second base on a pass ball. And B, they suck. I wouldn't want to be on that team. I would hate I would hate playing for the, the White Sox as well. Mm-hmm. Tim Anderson, a guy who's been damn good for most of his career. Yeah. I would I would be I would be so mad playing for a baseball team that has such high expectations. And I think they're like 14 and 27 now, yeah. or 15 and 27. I mean, it's like they're they, bad. They were my pick to go to the World Series two years ago. They were my pick to win the the Central last year, and they've just continuously came up short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't I don't know what the answer is, but they just they they need to restart. They just need to strip it down. This is clearly not working. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the actual problem is? So if Tim Anderson, who has a fourteen million dollar club option next year before becoming a free agent at the end of twenty twenty four, would he be on the trading block for you? As a fan of Tim Anderson's game, because I think, you know, you talked about it, he's been very good. Yeah, I would be interested in him. I don't know how he would kind of come into a new environment and not be... Because he's been the guy for the White Sox, I feel like, in terms of an infield captain, a vocal leader, you know, being that, like, energy starter. He's not going to play shortstop for Seattle. Mm-hmm. They've made it abundantly clear that that's JP's spot, and rightfully so. JP has silenced any doubters, any haters, any oh, blah blah blah. He's been very very good, and not you know, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I'll I'll be the first to admit it. I was you know, if we were to go out and be interested in a premier shortstop, I was like, yeah, JP should move over. I'm definitely wrong in that situation at this point. I wouldn't move him over for Tim Anderson. Would Tim Anderson want to come in and play second base? I don't know. It wouldn't be up to him in a trade, though. True. Not up to him. That's that's a good point. So even though you might not have a choice, do you like? Would you not like value that in a trade where it's a guy coming into a different role where that would that change his outlook? If he's playing for a winner, does that like skew? You think could affect his you know want to play in a different spot if he knows it's going to be for a winning like ball club? I I think that if you're Tim Anderson, you will take anything to get yourself out of a White Sox uniform right now. And if that means going to play for a team that made it to the playoffs last year, has mm-hmm. pretty high playoff aspirations this year as well. Sure. It, I would not. If I was him, personally, I could care less where I, I could. I could be the catcher. I'd be really <laughs> bad at it. But, you but I'll do be it. the catcher, man. I'll do it. I'll throw on the gear. I'll miss most of the pitches you throw. But I'll do my darndest. So I think that Tim Anderson, whether or not he's a team first guy, I don't no obviously i've never really like paid that much attention to his career mm-hmm. but i'm sure he wants to win yeah and he's a competitive player and if that means moving over to second base so be it and if that helps i mean obviously that helps the mariners 
right then and there. You yeah. get a proven guy who's probably going to hit 280-ish or better, hit 15-ish home runs, put up a one, like a 110 to like a 130 OPS plus. That's a really good addition to your ball club. I think I'd maybe hit him second and then move France to the three or maybe even move France to five. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But one some way or another, because I think he has like a career like 335 or something OBP. I'm not sure. But Tim Anderson's a guy who had hit the top of your lineup and is a proven guy who would be a good addition. I don't know what it would take. What do you think it would take to trade for Tim Anderson? For Tim Anderson, shortstop, I mean, they're probably going to want a replacement in some way. And if, you know, if that's long term or if that's going to be short term, I don't know if they'd be interested in a utility guy like Sam Haggerty. I don't know if Sam Haggerty has seen, you know, his kind of days being numbered as well. I don't know if they even, you know, you try and trade Colton Wong. It's tough to say. It's tough to say what the White Sox want if they're ready to blow it up. I don't think, is Cole Young too high of a starting point for us? I don't know. Because it all depends on what the White Sox want. I think the White Sox, if they're trading Tim Anderson, in my opinion, they're blowing it up. They're, they're sure. Done. He's obviously the biggest, one of the biggest pieces on that team right now. So if you're trading Tim Anderson, I think if you're the White Sox, you start with Cole Young. If you're the Mariners, I'd be willing to give up Cole Young, but I'm not willing to add much more to that deal. Maybe some lottery ticket guys, mm-hmm. uh, someone that, you know, may, like a 4A guy, like a Taylor Trammell, maybe send sure. their way if you have to. Okay. Um, if you're getting more in that deal, I would hope for, you know, I mean, I don't know. I kind of highly doubt Liam Hendricks is an option just because of how much, you know, he kind of means to the organization right yeah. now and all that sort of thing and 100%. his recovery. Um, you know, Kendall Graveman, I'm not sure if he's even good anymore. <laughs> and if he can be healthy, I don't know. So there are definitely options in that bullpen, though, that I would love to have on the Mariners. And if that means, you know, sending them a 110 or something like that, someone who's maybe not as proven, yeah. or maybe send them a Matt Brash. Oh, Check out the video we posted yesterday, huh? You're ready to um, jump off the Matt Brash train. <laughs> what do you think of so, like a, like a package starting with Axel Sanchez as a shortstop instead of Cole Young? Like starting lower, maybe adding more pieces to lend them more opportunity to develop more people. Like an Axel Sanchez, you don't give like you know Bryce Miller, but like you're looking at like an Emerson Hancock or a Taylor Dollard. You know, starting with the, like Axel Sanchez and then a double A or a triple A pitcher. You think that's a place to start, or they're going to look for Cole Young? I think if I'm the White Sox, I'm looking for Cole Young. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for a, a cornerstone player like that, but I'm also not balking at the idea of possibly getting an Emerson Hancock along with a few other guys as well to fill out more of the team, because I don't know where the White Sox stand in terms of their prospects. I don't know if they have like a bunch of guys that are up and coming, you know, that are the next coming of Jesus Christ himself. I have no idea. And Luis, Luis Roberts still 25. So yeah. he's a young guy. He's going to be around for a while. Um, you I have can, Andrew Vaughn there, young. Mm-hmm. I can tell you their top prospect is Colson Montgomery, shortstop, ETA 2024. So All right. maybe they're not really looking for filling out a shortstop. <laughs> maybe it's somewhere we can fill in other pieces, like they're looking for more spots for their rotation. I think mm-hmm. that's a place that we have a lot of depth in that we can potentially – interest yeah. them and michael kopech hasn't really worked out for them how they might have wanted maybe starting to develop another young arm emerson hancock is the first one that jumps to mind there yeah i think that's probably best case scenario then i would start throwing starting pitchers and just see what sticks 
obviously with the emergence of Bryce Miller and the rest of the rotation being pretty dang good, you're in a decent spot right now where you don't have to, you, you have those guys as trade options now. The Brian Woos of the world, the Emerson Hancocks of the world, the Taylor Dollars of the world, these are all guys that are now expendable mm-hmm. because your rotation is relatively set for the next five or so years, barring injury, of course. Yeah. But relatively set. So you 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 can afford to trade one of these guys to better your offense. And if that means getting Tim Anderson, I personally would not want to like if I had to pick who I would trade, I think the closest of the pitchers to untouchable would be Brian Wu. Because he's been so dominant. He's been so good and the all all the front office loves Brian Wu, but he's also the guy that's been called on the most. Mm-hmm. So he also might be your best chance at actually getting some sort of impact piece back. Yeah. Whereas Emerson Hancock, it's no, it's been pretty apparent that a lot of numbers have been down on him. A lot of statistics have said, "Hey, maybe he's not as good as we all thought he was going to be," or what have you. Does that play a role? I'm not sure, but. If you're the Mariners, I feel like Tim Anderson is best case scenario for you at the trade deadline. Looking at far out as a trade deadline for you. You're not like looking this in the next, you know, month. Kind of like a Carlos Santana early trade there where, you know, it happened because of Ty Fran's injury. But yeah, is, is, I mean, it, is, if it happened. Yeah. Cool. I was going to say, because like cool. if we're looking at it and Tim Anderson's trying to get out of there now, I don't see why it wouldn't. It's not something the Mariners could try and pull the trigger on early. I don't even know if the Mariners, like, we don't know if the Mariners are even in on this conversation, right? Whether or not this conversation holds any value, because he could have just been saying, I hate the pitch clock, versus I don't like it being here, kind of a vibe. Yeah, and, you know, a month a month from now, this could be a, a moot point, because maybe Colton Wong's hitting the baseball now, he's fielding the baseball now. Yeah. I, I, I am to the point now where I am, again, I've been a Colton Wong apologist this whole time. I am to the point now where I am... I wouldn't say worried. I am concerned about second base as a whole. Adam Frazier was terrible. And Colton Wong has somehow found a way to be even worse. Yeah. So, which, honest honest to God, and I I will admit thus far, I was wrong. I was completely wrong. Because I said there's no way Colton Wong is going to be as bad as Adam Frazier was. Yeah. Technically, I wasn't wasn't wrong. (laughs) Not yet, actually worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those ones you're holding out hope, right, for a guy to figure it out and turn it around. Because, I mean, even if he was on a different ball club, you don't want to see someone not play well. You don't want to see someone falter, right? Like, you you still should have that want for him to be a good ball player for your team, even if it wasn't the move you wanted them to make. Yeah, and still, of course, there are people, there will be people in the comments, I told you so told you wrong move blah 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 but you look at all the guys the Mariners gave up they've been bad too yeah so it's like would abraham toro be providing any more for this ball club i mean he's on he's in triple a so i guess not probably not eric swanson giving up a big old ding dong to aaron judge you mm-hmm. know uh, after the whole cheating allegation thing i got a video coming out about that i tell you that no that's nice dude. breaking breaking news discount fat john boy is back baby Woo! um so it's like, it's not that big of a deal, but it's just such a glaring thing when you saw, you know, all these premier shortstops out there. Mm-hmm. And then we were banging the table, signed, you know, Trey Turner, for example, signed Xander Bogarts. Yeah. They don't. 
and they go and trade for Colton Wong, and they're like, this is going to work, it's cheaper, and it's not working. Yeah. And it's just a, a way for all of the people that love to tell us how bad Jerry DePoto is, a way for them to just get off. Yeah, we just were right. get underneath the skin. You know, we can say the rest of the season, and we will say the rest of the season, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda on all of these guys. Fact of the matter is, Holton Wong's the guy, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. And, and even even with him as the guy right now, Mariners do have, you know, so far in May, best record in the AL. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And then We're not playing has... bad ball. It's just there, there are these glaring issues that keep popping up in games where you can't have them happen consistently. And it's, you know, is it starting to spell a trend? Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's the consistency of the lineup that's the problem. The, this lineup can score runs when they're all on. We saw that in the first game in Fenway. And then the second game in Fenway, they scored four runs all in one inning again. The try, The whole formula of score all your runs in one inning and hope it holds out all eggs in one basket baby yeah it's they're just so inconsistent stringing hits together Mm -hmm. one game they do it the whole game they blow a team out that's classic mariners though that is that's very classic mariners using all your runs scored in one game to just obliterate an opponent and then throw up a goose egg for eight out of nine innings it's just it is classic mariners and you'd, you'd think on luis castillo bump day four runs would be enough I feel like normally it should be, and it will be. Just today was not that, or yesterday was not that day. Yeah, and I don't, again, Julio still, you know, working out the kinks. I think he's been better. His plate his plate discipline's been a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Teo's been a lot better. I think Gino's been pretty decent. Cal's been pretty yeah. good recently. The three through six out. has been good in Boston, I'd say. And honestly, the bottom half of the lineup is what scored the runs yesterday yeah. in, that, in that inning. It's like... You know, you have your seven, eight, nine guys doing all doing all the damage for you as well. Taylor Schmel's home run, obviously. Teo was hitting seventh, and mm-hmm. he had that you know triple, triple. You know, we'll, call, tri- we'll call it a triple. Yeah, I don't know what Duran was, was thinking. He should have just he should have <laughs> taken a step back and just fielded the ball. He might even mm-hmm. throw out Gino at home. You know, Gino's not necessarily that fast, right? So, and Teo hit it kind of on the button. Mm-hmm. I, it was a it was a ball it was a ballsy play from Duran there, but. You know, in the end, it doesn't matter because we lose nine to four. But regardless, yeah. So once you get this lineup clicking on all cylinders, I think that it's one of the most lethal lineups in baseball. The problem is, when is he going to start? When clicking? is that going to happen? Yeah, yeah, it's like Julio himself. We it well documented. He's been bad. Wong has been bad. JP has been good, but there have been stretches where he hasn't been. Teo. We know we know the problems with him. Mm-hmm. Gino's been had bad stretches. Cal's had bad stretches. They it's all go to through find, bad stretches, though. Yeah, it's trying to piece together all these guys hitting in a row, where this lineup will no longer be inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Whereas we see other teams, like for example, the Red Sox, be able to string hits together the entire game, yeah, and just keep adding on to their lead. We haven't necessarily seen that. It, in multiple games for the Mariners. We saw it we saw it on the first game of the series. Yeah. And then after that it's gone again. So mm-hmm. will today I, this... be a different story? I mean, Marco, we're gonna need to put up some runs. We are we're winning games in Marco starts. I, I don't know if the offense is just like, hey, we gotta help out our boy here. But I definitely feel less confident in Marco than I would Luis Castillo. 
if Marco goes out there and gives up less than three runs, I will feel good about our chances. However, Brian Bayo in his last two starts has actually been pretty decent. He got off to a really rough start his first two, but last two against Toronto, only gave up two earned. Last time out against the Braves, same thing, six innings, two earned. I would trust the Blue Jays and the Braves lineup to probably score more runs than how the Mariners have been looking. That being said, when the game gets played, who knows what's going to happen, right? Like, the Chris Bassett threw a shutout against the Atlanta Braves. Who knows? Can we touch Brian Bayo for more than two earned runs? We better hope so because, like I said, it's Marco. Marco's been good, but at the same vein, the Red Sox have a very, very potent lineup. That's going to do it for this episode of the Hit It Here podcast. Be sure to watch the next video on the screen now. Do it. Click it. Bye.